Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. titles in six years. Yes, it is worth cheering for. Welcome to another episode of New What the hell? What is happening? Hi! We're the Switch hosts. Try to decide if I want to keep this or edit it out. I don't know. Anyway, welcome to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, assistant editor and the usual podcast host for the Musings on Madison show. And with me, well, it, you know the people by now. First off, it is Shepard Price, the analytics darling. And uh, how old are you today, Shepard? I am 25 years old. Uh, as, got- of, as of yesterday, Monday, uh, April 27th. We got, we got a special treat for you. Yeah. I mean, I know your name's not Lisa, but that's the best happy birthday just in the world. To be fair, I do I do feel like the Lisa Simpson of this podcast, so that makes a lot of sense. You're that's an awfully high distinction to bestow upon yourself, but well, we'll yes. go. Well, I I am I am the resident Buddhist. Okay, so then then who's Brandon and who am I? I decided for myself, so you all got to decide for yourself. Oh, okay. I, I, we'll, we'll come back to the end of the show. Um, so, yeah, so Shepard's here. It's his birthday, and the Blackhawks gave him a big present that we're going to get to in a second. And uh, But, yeah, the other guy here, it's uh, the punt master and the breaking news guy who's been very busy today. It is Brandon King. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> a little yeah. busy. Yeah. So uh, I don't think I have to tell anybody that's listening to this show what happened today. We're recording this on Monday night, just a few hours after the Blackhawks quote, released team president and CEO John McDonough from his position, which is a move that I think caught everyone off guard, fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I was not not expecting it today. <laughs> no, no. I, I didn't expect any uh, organizational mis- uh, reorganizations to happen during the middle of a pandemic, but I guess if the Bulls can do it, maybe that's everyone can do it. It's yeah. very strange that it happened on a Monday and not a Friday. Right, I, well, I think you know I think maybe the Blackhawks wanted the news cycle if they did it on a Monday. I don't know. I mean, the days kind of all blur together for me right now. Maybe it's doing the same for the Blackhawks. <laughs> maybe. I mean, they've been quiet. Like you've seen other teams around the NHL, they have their players doing, you know, video calls and special things with fans. And the only thing that the Blackhawks have done is their players doing stuff that they orchestrate where there's like hardly any fan interaction. There's been the like three man tournament with Kajula, Shaw and Debrinkit, which I don't understand the rules of that. 
but it's three I, guys. Yeah, I haven't seen that at all. I, I know and, it exists, but I yeah. have zero interest and hasn't I hasn't moved the meter for me at all. I tuned into the first one just to see if someone said something dumb and no one did. So uh, well, that's no that's fact. the only thing that they've done. So it's basically been like quiet in house and they haven't had players talk to media unless it was something driven by the league or Jonathan Tapes hopping on John Scott's podcast. So yeah, it's just very strange that they were like, Hey, Monday afternoon, here you go. Yeah. I it, it, like, it was like a Monday news dump, which is weird. Like you usually you do this Friday at four nine, the timestamp on the thing is four nineteen on the website. Yeah. It is. It is very odd timing because, like, they're like. It's not like the Blackhawks just lost a game. Well, did they lose that? No, their last game was actually they won the last game because I remember, like, it, I think we talked about that like a month ago that they actually kind of ended on a high note. If that was the end, I think we're all assuming it's the end at this point. But it was like a six-two-five-two win against the Sharks. Yeah, yeah, pretty thorough ass-kicking of a pretty terrible San Jose team. But, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on it there, but Shepard Brandon, what were your initial thoughts when you, you heard that John McDonough was out of a job? Well, I looked at my email, and I was like, is this really from the Blackhawks? <laughs> like, I was like, is someone – is this a fake email? Like, a little late this? for April Fool's jokes. Yeah, so I, like, scrolled through it, and I, like, I saw the header. I saw all the names on there, and I was like, well, it's real. And I, like, waited for one person to tweet it out because I was like, I don't want to be wrong on this. And then I saw one person do it and I was like, all right, I'm going with it. And then I like read the whole release and I was like, Oh, okay. All right. There we go. (laughs) So it was, it caught me off guard. And I, if you were to ask like of the three people, McDonough, Bowman and Colleton, who would get fired? McDonough would probably be number three on my list. Yep. I, yeah, because you you think of him as the business side, and it's like, well, the sellout streak's still going. There's still fan interest. There's the blend of the old fans and the new fans, and the product on the ice isn't good. But hell, the business side him. seemed like it was going pretty well. The Fifth Third Arena seemed to be drawing in younger fans and hockey players to keep that going in the city and bring in people from the suburbs or you know, create new environment in the city for kids who are interested in playing the game to start up again. So to me, yeah. it kind of was a head scratcher in that regard. But after reading Wirtz's comments, it seems that he wants to go into a new direction. And by doing that, he's starting at the top and working his way down. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that thought in a second. But Shepard, I want to see if you had anything else to add on your initial reaction to McDonough getting fired. Uh, I would just like to say that uh, a few weeks ago on this podcast, I said that uh, Rocky works saying that like everybody's returning was that it was him covering his bases and making and saying like the, the thing that all owners say before they fire someone. Uh, that that <laughs> we'll is a, another, tape. another. We'll have to check the tape on that. Another another correct statement by me, but um, yeah, he McDonough was it. It's very complicated because you read the rumors that have been going on ar- around him that like he was responsible for, for wanting the Seabrook contract and like all these bad things that have happened, like, like the Seabrook contract. And like, if that's true, then I can see why, but he was never really a hockey guy in the end, in my opinion, because he came from the Cubs. Um, he was more of a baseball guy from the start. Like this makes a lot of sense if Blackhawks want to go 
and sort of do do stuff that the other teams on the front edge are doing if they want to get more analytics in there and be more smart about their hockey front office. And that's where the entire question for me comes in. Like, I don't understand. It kind of goes back to what Brandon was talking about to where on the business side of things, everything seemed like it was good for the Blackhawks. They haven't won a playoff series in four or five years yet. The sellout streak was still going. Even if you don't believe that there were 21,000 butts in the seats every night, there was always a pretty decent crowd at the United center. Certainly not like it was before McDonough came to town. Um, I mean, there were, they're still present in the city. Like there's still ads around town. There's still ads on TV. They have a presence in the Chicago sports scene that they did not have before McDonough got there. And even with them being not good the last four years, they still have that presence. So I think from a business perspective, it seemed like everything was going well on ice. It hasn't um, been going as well. Shepard, uh, just to just to wait, just to jump in here, they're still number one in, t- in attendance officially, too. Yeah, exactly. Number on, on a percentage basis, right? Like it's they're no, still- on a, yeah on on a percentage basis, and also on a like actual fans in the building basis. Yeah, so so nothing from that perspective seems to be going wrong with them. And then like the hockey side's bad, but it and that and that's where the question mark came for me was it always seemed like. The, the rumor was always that McDonough might have been more involved in some of the hockey decisions than we were led to believe. I, I have no way to prove that. I don't think anybody knows or can confirm one way or the other, so I don't really want to go too far down that road. But if McDonough was involved in the hockey decisions and you fired him, well, the team still sucks, so they still have the issues with the on-ice product. So firing McDonough doesn't solve those problems. But, again, that's, there's a lot of gray matter in there that it doesn't even feel like worth getting into. The one thing that was interesting, and we can kind of see uh, turn into the reasons why he was fired, and a few articles have come out since then. Well, and the big one that just came up on The Athletic a while ago that John Greenberg wrote, and we were talking about this before we came on the air. And, uh, Brandon, I'll let you summarize this a little bit more, but it seems like working for John McDonough may not have been quite as pleasant as other jobs in the sports world, I guess I'll say. Yeah, so I'll – preface this by saying that McDonough has been outright in saying that he's not the best person to work for because he's pretty hard on his employees. Mm -hmm. So reading this from Greenberg isn't too surprising, but the surprising element to it was that there might've been a bit of a power struggle with him and the VP of the Blackhawks, who is Danny Wirtz, the son of Rocky. Uh, By the way, I I learned that today that Danny Wirtz is the team vice president, had no idea. Not surprising that it's a Wirtz, but just, haven't really looked at that part of the organizational structure in a while. Yeah. So you can assume that having a Rocky relationship with one of the words is not a good idea. A Rocky relationship. Was that intentional? Yeah, that was natural. <laughs> you it didn't even. Wow. Wow. Anyway, go on. Yeah. So I could see that being, you know, a point of contention in a, a business relationship. Yeah, it would seem like getting into a some sort of Squabble. power struggle, I guess, with the a family member of the owner of the team would not be a good thing for the stability of your job. Yeah. I would not Especially recommend Especially with that. son. Yeah, yeah. I don't recommend getting in a fight with your boss's whatever in the family. Like, that just – that seems like a bad idea for your future of your career. But – I like I'm sure there's 
plenty of egos involved, probably on Danny Wirtz's side too, definitely on McDonough's side. I'm sure he is quite confident in his abilities considering all the jobs he's had and all the success he's had um, getting turning the Cubs into a national icon while they were still not winning anything and then doing what he's done with the Blackhawks. So I'm certainly he wasn't lacking for confidence at all. And I imagine members of the Words family are probably also the same way because I don't think any of them are broke from what I've understood. So it's not I like I think more details are starting to come out. When this first hit the news, I was stunned. I did not see this coming, had no inkling that that was going to be the thing the Blackhawks that we were going to be talking about regarding the team this week. Although the report from the article, but from John Greenberg was interesting. And then the other one that was bizarre came from WBBM's George Offman, I think is how you say it. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. I'm sure George is listening. He's not listening, but he said the word he got is that McDonough and Wirtz were on opposite sides of resuming the season. Wirtz one and two McDonough did not. That's not the main reason for McDonough's demissal, but something very significant occurred for this relationship to end. And that seems even more weird, I guess. What, that, that McDonough wanted to keep people safe? No, no, that that was like such a major point of contention between the two. Like, are, are the Blackhawks the one deciding when the NHL is going to start again? Is that how that works? I mean, I it's probably uh... – I, I would believe that Rocky Wirtz is probably the second most powerful American owner. Well, yeah, I, I'm sure the Blackhawks have a larger voice in the room than, say, the Florida Panthers, but. Oh, well, I, I mean, maybe not now with this situation, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, Shepard, who do you think is the most powerful then? Jeremy Jacobs. Boston, right? Yeah. He's the guy behind all the lockouts, too, apparently. Well, well, I would that's say that fair. or whoever's Toronto's owner. That would be my guess. Yeah. That's well, he said, said he said the U.S. American. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go with Jacobs or with uh, Dolan, with the Rangers, since he owns yeah. MSG. But Dol, like, I think but he Dolan doesn't do stays, shit. Stays out. Dolan, Dolan, Dolan mostly stays out of his basketball for his uh, NHL team. I think while he interferes in his basketball team, and I think that probably plays a hand in it. Oh, maybe he should do more with the Rangers then. <laughs> wow! I, I don't think uh, John Davidson will let him do shit. So no, yeah, <laughs> give him the bird and say, "Screw you, Dolan, get out of my way." So yeah, it's surprising news. I don't know. I guess we just do a wait and see and see what else uh, trickles out from any of these reports on a divide between McDonough and Wirtz and what it all entailed. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the the natural progression of where the story is going to go is once we get a better understanding of why this happened, and I think that's starting to settle in a little bit with the the reports about struggles between Danny Wirtz and John McDonough, and then maybe that he wasn't the friendliest guy at the office and all this other stuff. So now we're getting an understanding of why his job was – why he is no longer working for Blackhawks. And then you kind of transition to – uh, I think what Shepard referenced earlier, or when he was congratulating himself on being correct, that Rocky Wirtz said a month ago that McDonough and Bowman and Collison, I think, were all safe. Well, one's gone. Who's yeah. I think I think we might end. We might start next season with all three gone, depending on what uh, on what the new team president does. I mean, I can't tell you that you're wrong. I have 
historically been right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I am right in my analysis. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it seems like if this could be, I don't know, the more I think about it, the more it feels like this is just the start. Like if you're going to fire the team president, the general manager that's been overseeing the product on the ice that's been getting worse the last four years probably isn't long for his position. And then how much longer do you keep the head coach that was hired by the GM that you might not keep around? That season at most probably. Well, their contracts run until 2021. So, does, I mean, does that matter? Yeah, does that matter? Because the Blackhawks have plenty of money. Well, oh, I know that. that. I'm just saying, like, for yeah. the instance of letting them go through next season, it could be, well, we've kind of, you know, given them a stern talking to and all that. Um, so if they don't. Right, but that's what they said headed into this season, wasn't it? We've given them a stern talking to, and if they fail to deliver, they're going to be. <laughs> wasn't that when, isn't that when McDonough, I thought McDonough. Yeah, McDonough said that they're, everyone will be accountable, and that starts with me. <laughs> well, he was, oh, he was really right. <laughs> Another person who was right. So he might have been wrong. I think it was two years ago when he said that he believes in this roster and it's a playoff team when they made the switch from Quinville to Colleton, which was Bowman's decision. But apparently he was right with the accountability starting at him. Yep. Well, yeah, but if that's – I don't know. It feels like you fire the team president. Like, that does – it's almost like I really just don't care. I, I think is the way I've come around to this is – I mean, okay, you fired him. I mean, it's it's a big deal because of McDonough has a fairly recognizable name and face in the city because of what he's done with the Cubs and now with the Hawks. But does firing John McDonough do anything for whether or not the Blackhawks are going to be a better hockey team? Unless you bring in someone that has deep like hockey experience and it's more of like a pres- team president on hockey operations side, then maybe that would change things. Because by all accounts, it was mainly business for him. Yeah, like, I don't. I I don't exactly know how the. I don't even know what the hell like a team president does. To be honest, well, like, well, my understanding of it is the team president does all the business stuff, and then the general manager is responsible for all the hockey stuff. And if that and that seemed like that was the way it's set up, I feel like the general manager still reports to the president. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. But right. and so the president would be responsible for hiring or firing the general manager which could be prudent considering how, uh, the new guy that comes in, whether or not he'll keep Stan Bowman around. But so I may, I guess maybe that's how the John McDonough decision could have an effect on the quality of the Blackhawks team, because if they bring in a new president, like one of you guys were saying, and he decides he doesn't want Stan Bowman or Jeremy Colleton around and starts entirely from scratch, then maybe you see things change for the on-ice product. But at the moment, like, if this is the only thing they do, I don't see how this has any effect on the Chicago Blackhawks hockey team. Does the one-goal motto stay? I would say probably not, right? Like, I feel like that, that – I feel like that thing ran its course. Like, I wrote – some point during the season, I wrote, you can get rid of Chelsea Dagger. You can get rid of uh, the one-goal motto. Like, I feel like there were so many things that had been the same since 2009 that you could start changing some things up. And if the Hawks decided to go away from those things, I wouldn't be entirely opposed to them. I'm also, if they want to keep Chelsea Dagger, I feel like I might have overstated that part. But if they decide to maybe get things away from feeling like it's still 2010 because it's definitely not 2010 anymore, I'd be happy if they did that. Well, if they do change the one goal, they got to do a, a 
bunch of paint jobs at fifth third because that is everywhere well i'm sure they've got the money they're gonna have time i'm sure they got the time they got the money i'm sure they can make it happen i'm, I'm not i'm not worried about paint at this point hey i mean it, it only it only took a pandemic for the bulls and the blackhawks to change things up in the front office do you do you think that everything the bulls are doing might have somehow pushed rocky to do this no because what honestly what actual relationship do the, do the Bulls and a Fox have? Besides uh, sharing a they're, they're roommates, technically, because they're tenants in the same building. Right, but besides that, they, the, they have I don't know. very little to do with each other. You're, no, you're right. You're right, but I don't know. They did I, call each other and set up and say, hey, we're going to pay the workers. Well, yeah. that, that was good. The timing of it is so interesting to me, how the Bulls are in the middle of torpedoing the – trash can of an organization they've been for so long and and now all of a sudden the Blackhawks are getting in on it too I just just the timing of it's an interesting thing to me and I can't help but wonder if seeing another team in town do it is what led to them deciding you know what maybe we should do it too it's like they're in a they're in a race and they're like like those three-legged races or whatever and then like oh like we need to catch up to you and whatever Maybe. Honestly, it might also have something to do with the last dance and wanting, wanting the uh, news cycle in Chicago back and wanting more attention. Well, that, I guess this is one way to do it because my entire Twitter timeline for the last three hours has been nothing but the Blackhawks. Yeah. And it hasn't been that in a very long time. Well, because the Bears certainly aren't making any news. Neither is their former quarterback. True. So I guess we've kind of touched on this a little bit already, but um, – is there anything else you think that this move suggests for the team going forward? Do you think this – I mean, do you, do you think there's other changes coming? Do you think this is more of a big-picture thing, or is this just kind of a blip on the radar and we're going to be business as usual whenever hockey does come back? Like Brandon said, I think it depends on who you hire as the new team president. If it's someone like Ron Hextall who's out there and available, then, yeah, there's going to be a change of this. But if it's someone like uh, – if, if Theo Epstein wants to make the jump to hockey, I doubt it. His baseball perspective, like he's more – he's involved in the baseball decision. He's not just like the business guy. Like he's yeah. doing scouting and stuff like that. Like So I, I feel like he – I don't know if he would fit in that role because, A, I don't know if – I don't think he's a hockey guy, and, B, uh, I'll refer back to A because I forgot my second point. <laughs> but – Throwing, um, throwing, throwing names out there too. It's 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 I it same thing same thing for Gar Paxton or Gar Gar, one of whoever whatever. I'm not a Bulls fan. Gar. <laughs> I'm so used to everybody saying Gar Pax that I think that it's one person. Yeah, I think the maybe this is a hopeful thinking. The Blackhawks might be fun again. Like the players might be able to show their personality. Because yeah. with McDonough, it was all like, you will sit in your stall. Here's a hat. Wear it forwards. Wear a T-shirt that has a Blackhawks logo on it. Be present. Let's go to this event. It, it felt Celebrity very... comes in the building. Here's a jersey. Wear it. Get a picture. Yeah. Share it. It's just everything with the Blackhawks felt so, like, polished and, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, corporate is almost the word for it. Like, it just – everything felt just – it just didn't feel authentic. Everything about them was always so, like – we got to be professional and, and, you know, like you used to talk about Brandon, you know, wear this hat, put on this shirt, go to this thing, say this line this many times and that's it. And it's just, I don't know. I, I don't, 
it would be – I feel like John McDonough takes himself too seriously sometimes, and as a result of that, his team takes the, – the organization takes itself too seriously. I mean, yeah, these are pro sports. These are million-dollar organizations, but, dude, they're just sports, man. We, we can have some fun. We can smile a little bit. You could say McDonough went to the Lou Lamorello School of Business because he does the same thing. I, I have nothing to add about Lou Lamorello. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you stumped me on that one. Good job, Shepard. He's a devil of a man on his own island. Wow. Almost like he left the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing it does is it at least makes the Blackhawks slightly more interesting. Yeah. You know, like it finally adds – it feels like things might slowly go away from being the status quo of the last four years. And I think that's what – it's certainly what I've been hoping for to happen – I think uh, you guys are probably getting just as sick of talking about the same old things of when are the youngsters going to develop? Are Taze and Kane still going to be good when the youngsters do develop? Can they make another run at the cup? And on and on and on the same old shit every single year. Now we have something different to talk about. And hopefully this, I I just hope this leads to continued uh, just a different approach and a different outlook for the team because it got very stale and kind of boring over the last few years with the way the Hawks were progressing. I will say, I do hope that the food that they serve during the intermission stays the same for the press. <laughs> I, would, I would greatly enjoy that. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I brought, John McDonough probably had very little to do with that. I would assume. Well, I don't know. I, cause there, if you read some of the stories about the way the Blackhawks used to be in the mid two thousands when they were garbage and like, like the one article about, players would get on the bus after the games or get on the plane. They get handed like a, a cold ham sandwich. And that was like their post-game meal. Not even like Turkey. Like, yeah, yeah. Not even Turkey. Just like the Polish crack is ham. That's like $3 a pound at the grocery store. Ah, uh, good old Billy boy works. Yeah. So, and and like the, he definitely took the organization to another level and he deserves a lot of credit. There were some missteps along the way. Not everything was perfect. Um, a certain press conference at Notre Dame that was one of the worst, Oof. maybe the low point of his entire situation, the way that whole day went, just the most cringeworthy day, I think, in Blackhawks history, maybe. It, at least it's on the list. Um, but there's, I don't know, it, it feels like he, he will, you know, once you get years away, you'll everyone will look back and probably have positive memories of John McDonough. I'm just kind of glad that, Things are changing, I, and I hope more things continue to change. I'm not saying you have to fire Stan Bowman or you have to file Jeremy Colleton, but it seems like this is a recon, uh, recognition from the very top. Like this was the owner's decision to move him out of his job. It's a recognition from the very highest point within the organization that the status quo is not working and we need to change things. So I guess from that perspective, this is quite encouraging. Yeah, and hopefully those changes are made because we do – Need to see more from the Blackhawks next year. And, you know, and then hopefully Ian Mitchell turns into the second coming of Kale McCarr and Adam Boquist turns into Eric Carlson and Kirby Doc turns into Jonathan Dave's part two. And then we're talking about a Stanley Cup parade in 2022 or something. I don't know. I, 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 think, I think we've explored every angle of this that I can think of. Anything else to add, gentlemen, before we put a bow on this abbreviated but more important well, they're all important, but this one was slightly had a little bit more to it just because there was actual breaking Blackhawks news for us to talk about for the first time in a while. 
if you guys have like a suggestion for a topic for us to cover on a podcast, let us know because aside from this, we really don't have anything. So we're all open to <laughs> yeah. ideas. Yeah. By the way, when this, when this news broke, I think Brandon messaged both of us like we need to pod tonight so we have something to talk about. It was, yeah, this- it was like, I think like we had a topic that we were going to talk about and it might be a column from one of us um, now, but yeah, it's just kind of like searching the news cycle and being like, the whole Toronto mindset of like, how does this affect the Leafs? But we do, how does, how does this affect the Blackhawks? Like, can we really spin this? So we're all open to ideas to keep yeah, this going. I mean, we can only talk about the Bulls documentary for so long. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, by the way, Shepard, I know you're a Lions fan. Were you also a Pistons fan? No, I have never been a Pistons fan. I am currently a Houston Rockets fan because I'm a Russell Westbrook fan, and then I'm going to come back to the Bulls. So there we go. There, and there's our Bulls talk for the evening. If, if things don't work out on this podcast, I guess we'll let Brandon and Shepard take a five-day vacation in Vegas and see what happens. No guarantees that I'll come back in time. I, I would absolutely I – would, I would be in my hotel room most of the time. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm boring. I would, I would not. <laughs> I, am, I am boring. Hey, I can – I promise you, even the most – you can find something to do in Vegas. Just walk the strip. It's it's absurd. Like I'd, I'd be at Vegas Golden Knights games and just oh, trying to fine. hang out. That's I'd fine. That's fine. Golden Knights as best as possible. That's better Honestly. than being in your hotel room in Vegas. Jesus Christ. Live a little. You're, you just turned 25. It's okay. You can go outside. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm David-level boring. He's hopeless, folks. We, we can't help him. Sidney Crosby is exciting to me. <laughs> well on that note i think that'll do it for this episode of musings on madison uh thank you very much for listening uh we appreciate everyone that's listening we hope everyone's staying safe out there washing their hands staying home not shaking hands all, all those things that we hope everyone's doing and we hope everyone's staying safe um stay tuned to secondcityhockey.com if any news breaks if anybody else gets fired or reassigned or whatever, I'm sure Brandon or I or Shepard will be writing about it. Um, keep an eye out on these podcasts because we'll try and come back with new episodes next week, even if we just sit and talk about Dennis Rodman for an hour. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it. Uh, for Brandon, for Shepard, I'm your host, Dave Melton. Thank you very much. And uh, for, yeah, for all time's sake, go Hawks. da 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 da